Tis the season to be jolly. And uh, I, I want to let you know that you're here today on, a, on an epic, historic day in, in the long and storied tradition of Christmas gift giving. Because I'm holding in my hands the gift that for the first time in 24 years of wedded bliss, I will place the first gift under the Richard family Christmas tree this afternoon. This has never before happened since Julie and I started dating and after we got married. She's always ahead of the curve and ahead of me. And so this year I thought, I'm going to start before her. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I do appreciate Thank you. Thank you. Now, let, let me tell you just real quickly a little aside. I'm having more fun right now with the introduction to this sermon than you can know. Because right now, on the front row, Julie is wondering in her mind, is this a prop for the sermon? Or did he break the vow that we made to not buy each other presents? And right now, she's running this through her mind going, that better be a prop. Because we said we weren't going to get each other presents. Now, I know that many of you are thinking, Mac, 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 Mac. The experts all agree. When a woman tells you, don't buy me anything, don't be stupid. Buy her something. But let me just explain to you that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt with 100% certainty that Julie does not want me to buy her a Christmas present. She's not a gift gal. That's, that's not her love language at all. Her love language is cash in the bank, and her love language is time and those kind of things. She doesn't even really like presents, but guess what? It's real. <laughs> it, it's, it's a real, it, it's a real present, and, and I, I brought it with me this morning, number one, because it's just funny, and I'm having fun right now, but also, because I, I think that gift giving at Christmas time is one of those things that can quickly, quickly get out of balance. I, I want to just ask you a question this morning, and, and be honest, this is church, we're family, it's confidential, your answers will remain here in the room. How many of you right now, and, and if you aren't, that's fine, but how many of you right now are stressed about gift giving. Let me just see a show of hands. If you're worried right now about what you're going to give, how you, those kind of things. And, and listen, I, you're in great company. I understand that. I'm not. But I pray for you. Now, when it comes to gift giving, I, I think rather than get all amped up about materialism and preaching and railing against it and the materialism of the world and the commercialization of Christmas, maybe, maybe we could treat Christmas gift giving as a teachable moment. A teachable moment not only in the lives of our kids, but maybe even in our lives as well. What, what if we were to look at Christmas gift giving as something that we could learn from about who God is, about how he operates. And, and I think that maybe the best way to do it, I want to ask you another question. If you're here this morning and you're dating someone, could you just raise your hand? Raise your hand if you're dating somebody. Go ahead, raise your hands high. Y'all are dating, that's cool. If you're dating somebody, you're not married to them, keep those hands up. That's awesome. Okay, here's the deal. If you're dating somebody, 
we understand the stress associated with the season because y'all are in a really weird place. You're, you're dating and Christmas is coming. You've got 19 days left. That's it. You've got 19 days left to figure out what to give and, and, and how to give it. And if you're dating somebody, it's kind of like, well, I want to acknowledge the relationship. Heaven help you if you've already had to define the relationship conversation. That's awkward in itself. But then when it comes to the gift giving, you've got to okay, we're, we're dating. We've acknowledged it. We're FBO, Facebook official. But... What do, I, what do I give now? This is a tangible representation of where the relationship actually is. And so I want to give a gift, but I don't want to give too much of a gift. But I don't want to appear cheap and give too little. It's a fine line to walk. Are you scared now? You should be. So when it comes to gift giving, the what and the how is determined by the why and the who. The what and the how we give is determined by the why and the who. What we give and how we give is determined by why we give it and to whom we give it. Does that make sense? So you've got to understand how this plays out. And I think I can use this gift that I'm giving to Julie. And we're married, so she's stuck with this one. She's going to love it. But the greatest gifts, I think, share some characteristics. There are some traits that you can look at and say, you know what? That is a great, great gift. For example, this one right here. The, great, the best gift is something needed. It's something that that person needs and will actually be able to use. How many of us as parents have given gifts to our children that before Valentine's Day are either broken, discarded, or forgotten. Just go ahead, don't raise your hand. But I'm just saying, we, we do that sometimes. And, and a lot of times as a parent, you know, the, the, the gifts that we give are, are kind of for that Christmas morning ooh and ah and nothing more. That wouldn't, that's, that's, a, that's fine, that's good, but that's not the, the best gift. The best gift is a gift that's needed. Second of all, the best gift is extravagant. The be, this right here, I'm just going to tell you. This is extravagant. Extravagant. Now, that doesn't mean it was particularly expensive financially, per se. <laughs> when a gift is extravagant, it's a gift that you've given to someone that they wouldn't or they couldn't buy for themselves. I'm going to tell you something. This gift right here, no way in a squillion years Julie buys this for herself. This is, this, this is not something she would give for herself. She's going to love it. I mean, love it. When we wake up on Christmas morning and she goes, where is the red and white polka dot gift? She, she's going to go underneath the tree. She's going to pull out. She's going to be like, this is great. And then who knows where it could go from there. She's going to love it. Because it's not something she would or could do for herself. So it's, it's extravagant in that way. It's not particularly expensive, but it's extravagant. And those are two very, very different things. The best gift is something timely. The best gift is something that you give in a timely manner. It, would be, it wouldn't be a, the best gift if I gave this to Julie and said, honey... 
you're going to love this two years from now. She's, she's going to open this up and she'll be able to put it to use immediately. Immediately. It, it will have incredible utility in her life. Now, the best gift is also something free. Have you ever gotten a gift and you knew that there were strings attached to it? Let me just see a show of hands. You know what I'm talking about. Now, don't raise your hand. Sometimes we give gifts with strings attached to it. But the best gifts are gifts that are free, just gifts that, that you receive and you're like, man, there's nothing to this except to appreciate it, to enjoy it. And I think that's probably the final determinant of the best gift. The best gift is something treasured. When you treasure a gift, that says to the one who gave it, boom, bingo, you nailed it. Now, there's also some pressure attached to that. How many of you as a family have ever sat around the tree on Christmas morning opening presents and you get around and, and crazy Aunt Myrtle has brought her presents to Christmas and you open them up and it is the most heinous, the ugliest piece of clothing you have ever seen in your life. Now, we're not knocking Aunt Myrtle and her effort and her motive pure as driven snow. But when it's all said and done and Aunt Myrtle goes home, you know there is no way in the world you are ever wearing that outside or inside of your house. We've all been there. But great, great gifts, the greatest gifts, are designed to be treasured. So, if, if they're needed, if they're extravagant, if they're timely, if they're free, and, and they're treasured, you know that you've got a hold of something really, really special. It's against that backdrop that we take a look at the greatest gift ever given. You probably saw this coming. But it's imperative that we understand this. And, and most of us would understand the great gift because of John chapter 3, verse 16. John 3, 16, of course, says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, so that whoever believes in him would never die but would have eternal life. But there's another passage of Scripture from the book of Romans that I want us to kind of camp out on for a little while and really, truly kind of plumb the depths of, because it's one of those verses that communicates so, so much. There's an entire semester or two of theology packed into this one passage of Scripture. Romans chapter 6, look at what it says. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. For the wages of sin is death. Now, that's not a real happy, peppy Christmas verse right there. That's not one that you go, woohoo, let's go over that one and let the kids all memorize it. But it's imperative that we understand the wages of sin means the payoff, the, the compensation for sin. And all sin has a payoff. Now, I'm going to surprise you just for a moment and tell you, 
for a season or, or for a moment, sometimes the payoff of sin is actually a lot of fun. That, that's, that's just a fact of life. That's kind of what lures us in, isn't it? It's most of the time that we get in trouble relationally or spiritually before the Lord when we kind of sacrifice the long-term view for the short-term view. And it's easy sometimes to go, man, I know I shouldn't have done it, but that was fun. But it is this long-term view. It is this long-term reality that Romans 6 is pointing us toward. Who thinks about the short-term who, who really and truly focuses only on the here and now more than anybody on the planet? Babies. Focusing on the short term is a decided mark of complete immaturity. Babies are the ones who focus on the here and now. Babies are the ones who say, feed me now. Clean me now. I'm sleepy, tired, irritable, and I'm going to make your life a living nightmare until you put me down to rest now. It's annoying, isn't it? But that's that short-term perspective. As children grow older, parents, hopefully and prayerfully, show them that it's not all about only the here and now, but there's something to consider beyond the here and now, beyond the me, myself, and I. And that's what Romans 6.23 is getting at. The wages of sin, the ultimate payoff of stiff-arming God is death. And some people are like, well, I, I couldn't believe in a God that would send people to hell. And I, I understand that, but you missed the point. <clears throat> God sends no one to hell. We make that choice. God is the one who has set up this world and created us for relationship with himself. You can accept it or you can reject it, but understand rejecting God is rejecting life. The wages of sin is death, but, everybody say but. but. That's a great but. The free gift of God is eternal life. The free gift of God is eternal life. It is a free gift. Now, let's go back for just a second and think about our list. That list that we talked about, the best gifts. I want to ask you to do something this morning. I want you to think back in your mind and I want you to catalog, what is the greatest Christmas gift you've ever received? Just, just right now, just think about what is the great, for those of us who are old, it may take a little while, but what is the greatest gift you've ever received? For me, it didn't take a long time. And, and, I, and there have been a lot of great ones, and, and at the risk of offending somebody who may have given me a gift, I will just tell you, the one that I'm about to show you is in the top two. It, this, is, this is the greatest gift, or at least one of the top two greatest gifts I have ever given. And it was given to me when I was in about the first grade, maybe the second grade. I can still picture the tree under which this gift was discovered and found. Check this out. 
That right there is an autographed picture of God's favorite quarterback of all time, Roger Staubach. Now, thank you for the applause. Roger Staubach was a phenomenal athlete, a great American and a committed follower of Christ, still is. But I want you to notice on this, that thing says, to Mac, best, best wishes, Roger Staubach. Now, just to understand that whatever you have in the frontal lobe of your brain for the best gift you've ever received, you're now playing for second place, cuz. <laughs> that right there, that's as good as it gets. Now, I, I know it's a material, I know, I know it's, it's an object, and you're not blah, 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 blah. But that's pretty cool. Now, I, I want to I remain there for just a second. That, that, that's, a, that's a pretty cool, cool gift. Because when I was in the first or second grade, I got this present. I opened it up. And I, I remember looking at that and just going, he wrote my name. Now, let me quickly tell you. Roger Staubach could not pick me out of a lineup this morning. He couldn't. But when I was in the first grade... I felt like we were going to vacation together after I opened this thing up. And so in the first grade, as when I looked up to Roger Staubach and I saw him on the field and I saw him dominating the NFC East and the NFL and, and winning Super Bowls, Cowboys fans will remember what that used to be like. I, when I saw that happening, I, I thought <clears throat> this was something I needed. This was something that, that needed to be in my life. And to be sure, that present was clearly extravagant. That was an extravagant present. You know how much my mom and dad paid for that present? Zero. A close family friend of ours in Dallas knew a guy who knew a guy who knew Roger. And he had him sign it, and they mailed it. It cost postage. But can I just tell you that to my first grade self, that was the most extravagant present ever given. Boy, it was timely too. It was timely. Can I get some water? <clears throat> Sorry, I know I'm being a distraction. Too many cigars this morning. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have done it, but Julie likes to smoke a couple before church, so. Right now, some of you are going, I wonder if she does. <clears throat> Where was I? I, just, I distracted myself. It was extravagant. It was timely. It was free. And you can bet your bottom dollar. To this day, it's treasured. To this day, my family has standing orders. They know if there's ever a fire at the Richard household, get yourself and the pets out. But if there's time, go back in and get the picture of Roger. You, you see, this, this is the mark of the greatest gifts. But here's the thing. 
if I wrapped up my picture of Roger Stahlback and handed it to you for Christmas, you, you would be like, wow, pastor's giving me a present. He must do that for everybody. I love this church. And then you opened it up and, and you opened it up and you turned it around. And you went to Mac, best wishes, Roger Staubach. You'd be like, wow. Dude just re-gifted me a picture that's 40 years old. The free gift of God that is eternal life in Jesus Christ is the only gift you can receive and then re-gift and lose nothing. You see, th this is going someplace you didn't, see so you didn't see coming. God has given us the free gift of eternal life. Eternal life, a lot of times we think of eternal life as what happens when we die. Wrong. Eternal life is here and now in Jesus Christ. And so it's timely. It's, it's there for the taking, baby. But you've got to decide what you're going to do with it. Also in Romans chapter 10, the Bible says this. Everyone, say everyone. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Saved from what? Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Now, if you're visiting or you're a first-timer around here today, first of all, welcome. Second of all, you need to understand my M.O., Ours is a church. We're, we're not one of those places that loves and enjoys talking about hell and damnation. We don't. But if we ignore it, we're doing you a disservice. You see, it's the wages of sin is death that makes grace so amazing. The wages of sin is death, but, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ our Lord. So when you think about Christmas, let's be honest, we, we all kind of think about, I wonder what somebody's going to give me. That we do. I know you can't amen that, but I'm just, I, we do. But understand that the greatest gift you've ever been given is a gift designed to be given away, to be experienced and treasured by yourself, absolutely, and to be given away. <clears throat> so, if you're sitting on the end of your rows, I want you to look underneath your chair real quick, please. If you're sitting on the end of your row, look underneath your chair. There's a stack of Christmas invite cards. Looks like this. It's Christmas at Lake Hills Church. And I want you to take three of those, each one of you, take three of them and pass them down the road right now. And as you're doing that, I want you to be thinking about three people that you know who are in your sphere of influence who don't yet know how needed the gift of Jesus is, how extravagant the gift of Jesus is, how timely the gift of Jesus is. How free the gift of Jesus is. Because they've never experienced it. They've never experienced him. 
And whoever God is bringing to your mind right now, understand that that's a divine appointment for you. Now, we, we do these cards on a regular basis around here. I, I, I get that. And I, and I know a lot of you hand them out. A lot of you do. But I also know some of you get the card and go, okay, I'll take three. I can light my cigar with it when I get home. <laughs> I, understand, I understand that. But I think it's because if you're in that second camp, I think it's because you haven't, you haven't thought it through to the next level yet. You see, you see a card and you think, oh, I don't want to, you know, if I invite somebody, am I going to be like one of those Jesus freaks? You're not. You're just going to be somebody who's given a gift. You see, as the church, the body of Christ, the family of faith, we are called, we are commissioned, we are commanded to give this gift. And I promise you, if you bring a friend, if you invite someone and they show up on Christmas around here, or pretty much any time we gather, they will encounter who Jesus really is. They will experience the free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So it's this thing that we're in partnership together with. And before you discount the effectiveness or the potential of this invite, I want to show you just, just briefly one story of one woman in one family who got one invitation. Check this out. Hi, I'm Julia Fortman. My husband Greg and I have been coming to Lake Hills Church since Christmas Eve of 2012. In 2006, when we were pregnant with our first child, we had decided that we really should find a church home. Well, two children later in 2012, I thought, I'm gonna make it in my New Year's resolution. I'll, I'll do it if I put it on a goal list. Well, December of 2012 rolled around and I still hadn't accomplished that New Year's resolution when a coworker of mine handed me an invite to come to Lake Hills Church for Christmas services. The title of the message was Home for the Holidays and that rang a bell because that was my New Year's resolution. So we came to Christmas Eve service with our two boys and were blown away and uh, as the um, cards were passed out for the upcoming series, I looked at it as it came across my lap and the title was Labor Pains. And at that time I was nine months pregnant. I looked at my husband and said, I think we're home. So now it's three years later and we still come regularly. And through coming to Lake Hills Church, I feel like there's a whole community supporting my family, which is amazing. It's also given me an opportunity to serve through Fearless Mom. My children serve with me on Sundays in the um, nursery wing, and it's an opportunity for them to be filled, for them to feel their value in God's economy. It's, it's really amazing that to be in a church that values raising up the next generation. My husband has found opportunities to help with Fearless Mom as well. Um, we just feel really connected. like. Lake Hills Church is part of our home. So thank you, Angela. With that one invite, you've changed the trajectory of my family's life.
all I can tell you is it matters. It, it just matters. It's not just a card. It's an invitation to life. Here's the thing I want to leave you with this morning. Romans chapter 10 says, How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Unless someone tells them. Those of us who go by the name Christ follower, those of us who have definitively stepped into a faith relationship with Jesus, we're holding in our lives the greatest gift ever given. And yes, it's needed. Yes, it's extravagant. It's incredibly timely right here, right now, and forevermore. And it's free. We did nothing to deserve it, to earn it. But it's to be treasured. It's to be treasured and shared with as many people as we possibly can. I want to ask you to bow your heads with me for just a moment. I think we would miss a monster opportunity as a church if in this moment we didn't just briefly say, if you're here today and you've never accepted that gift, maybe you've never had it extended or offered to you, Today, Lake Hills Church gets to be the place where you learn the gift is there for the taking. Jesus is for you. Jesus is for you, and by the way, Jesus is for you. If you're here today and you want to step into that relationship, that amazing grace, to give you the opportunity to do it, to respond to his grace initiative by just praying right where you're sitting, a prayer of commitment, a prayer of complete surrender to the only one who will never take advantage of your surrender, the only one who can and does love you perfectly and unconditionally. right where you're sitting with our heads bowed and our eyes closed for a moment if you would just pray responding to grace and just silently say to Jesus Jesus I need you I give you my life all of it I confess my sin all of it And in this moment, I receive, I accept your forgiveness, your grace, your 
power. All of it. Jesus, I pray this prayer in your name. I want to ask you just to remain with your heads bowed for another moment. But if that was your prayer and you meant it, I want to just briefly, briefly, but clearly say something to you. Number one, this is the greatest moment of your life. It's the moment for which you were created. So it's a moment that you need to mark. You need to stamp it in your mind and in your heart. our service ends in just a few minutes, I want to ask you, for those who just stepped over that line of faith and you pray that, if you will, open up your program and you'll notice there's a, a connection card in there, a place for you to fill out your name and contact information, but I want to ask you to fill that out and about halfway down, you'll see a little space to mark, I committed my life to Christ this week. If you would check that box and then make a moment Make the time for a brief personal connection after our service. Just stop one of our ushers who are wearing the, the blue Lake Hills Church shirts, or you can stop at the kiosk underneath the big awning, big lobby out front, and just hand that to them. You can just say, hi, my name's Mac or, or whatever, and today was my day. But I also, in this moment, want to ask you, if that was your moment, if you would just raise your hand quietly as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you just raise your hand, because I ask you to do that for yourself, to stamp this moment, to say, I'm in with Christ. I've taken that step. And know that we as a church want to be a, a family of faith, a safe place for you to grow in that relationship, to connect into the life that is truly life. And so we celebrate that. We honor that in your life. As you put your hands down, our tradition is that we put our hands together to tell you welcome home. Welcome home.